Welcome back to the Epic Universal Podcast. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and I'm joined this evening by my co-host Eric Hersey, and he and I are recording this week's episode on Monday, February 12th, the day after the Super Bowl. So, got to be a lot of happy Chiefs fans out there, but also uh, some happy Universal fans as well, given the trailers that ran during that broadcast. So, now, uh, Eric, you, you were conve- confessing while we were pre-gaming that you did not, in fact, watch the Super Bowl. No, no, no. I did watch the first half. Oh. I made it to halftime. That was kind of the thing. Okay. So I did get to see, I believe, a couple of the okay. trailers that were referenced here today. But yes, mm. I, I found myself with a wonderful, nasty cold, oh. and I could make it about halftime, and I said, we'll, we'll tap out from there. Okay. Uh, we <laughs> got, what, three or four or, or 17 different shots of Taylor Swift, and so my <laughs> daughter was super happy. So we... Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know that that I, I forget who it was today. You know who, who said, yeah, I, you know I I was intrigued. That's the first time you know Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl. Go figure. Um, well, so. our local news station uh, put out the big listing as uh, you know Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions, and triggered everyone online, <laughs> which was fun and joyous. But with my household full of Swifties, we were we were happy. Well, good, good, good to hear now. If I'm being honest here as well, uh, Eric physically watched half the game. Uh, I was actually working, uh, you know, So, but Nancy was watching the game, so I would periodically turn around and monitor the game. So same thing. I saw... Uh, all of these uh, trailers, uh, these the, the released by Universal Pictures. It, but the interesting thing is, I would hear about them as they had started on the television, and then in our social media world, 30 seconds in, they would pop up in my social media feed. You know, just, just because, again, that's the whole point. It's the Super Bowl is supposed to make you aware that these trailers are out there, but then the full trailers show up. And it's it's an interesting year coming up for Universal. In fact, I, I was talking with with our, our buddy Jim Schull, and he was talking about how when you look at last year where Universal Pictures was the, the top earner uh, in Hollywood, uh, it looks like, you know, they're, they're looking to repeat again this year. And so first thing out the door will be Kung Fu Panda 4. That's in theaters next month on March 8th. And uh, how familiar are you with the Kung Fu Panda franchise? Uh, you know, I've seen the first one, and mm-hmm. it's been so long ago that uh, I'm thinking to myself, well, I know Jack Black is a big <laughs> deal in it. I do enjoy it. Now, Grant, I'm a huge Jack Black fan, so mm-hmm. I am fan of Jack Black ever since Tenacious D. Wow, and, there and we go. So yes. mm-hmm. deep cut there, for, and I, so I've loved him ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't recall too much about it, but I, you know, I'm intrigued, and I know my kids, you know, my, my son has watched, so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of... There's four of them. So what are we what are we journeying on with the fourth episode? Did we get that information in the trailer? Well, you know, that the, the largely, you know, again, it's it, you know, Poe's adventures continue. But, but what intrigues me is Kung Fu Panda as a franchise has been around since June of 2008. And, and mind you, it's been a while since we've had a Kung Fu Panda film in theaters. Uh, the last one came out, uh, Kung Fu Panda 3, was January of 2016. Now, in between there, in the theme park realm, we've had, uh, for example, Kung Fu Panda, The Emperor's Quest. That's a 4D film that uh, debuted at the DreamWorks Theater in the upper lot of Universal Studios Hollywood, which again, we're going to get you to very soon, Eric. And then, of course, in Universal Studios Beijing, they have an entire Kung Fu Panda land. In fact, it's called the Kung Fu Panda Land of Awesomeness. And <laughs> there they have a Journey of the Dragon Warrior ride. So uh, this, to me, is is the, the most intriguing part of this. Because, of course, remember, we've got the DreamWorks land opening up at Universal Studios Orlando. In fact, I, I have to ask if you did you see the most recent photos that are that, that have come out of uh Universal Orlando in regard to uh what's going on behind the construction fence there or Yeah, no, actually I did uh see uh, watch a couple of videos maybe a couple of weeks ago. I've actually paid 
quite close attention to that because that was what was intriguing this whole notion that they're going to open up the DreamWorks land prior to Epic Universe. So I was kind of seeing what's going on there because let's face it, one of the big tasks here is to figure out when's the right time to go to Universal. And is it one of those things where I want to check it out? So yeah, no, I I definitely was checking out. Do they have Kung Fu Panda like properties scheduled to go in there or is it maybe a meet and greet? Or I think we're talking meet and greet. I mean, mind you, remember they in the old a day in the the park with Barney building for a time they had sort of a super deluxe uh, DreamWorks uh, you know meet and greet now mind you it was meet and greet circa COVID so it was one of these things where a, a DreamWorks <laughs> character would stand behind you and wave in the distance right. you know uh, but they would have three of them on stage at any one time and uh, you know it was kind of an intriguing idea and yes as I understand it Poe will have uh, you know, a, a presence there. But let's be honest, all we know these days is what we can see <laughs> pick, sticking up out from behind the construction fence. And we have, uh, of course, you know, they're doing wonderful work on, on Shrek's house. And just this week with the with the troller coaster, did you see the 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 spider that got added? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I did see that the troller coaster was happening, and that uh, was super intriguing. I kind of this is where i i get mad at myself for kind of being uh bullheaded and not falling into the universal trap earlier is like i love like the old aspect of like the uh woody woodpecker in that kids land i'm like man you know if i would have been able to walk around this and as they destroyed it so to speak i'd appreciate what was there and it's now it's gone so i've uh, watched through videos so i actually did watch a (laughs) a walk along uh, with a YouTuber going through and showing us where the old Barney stuff was prior to putting up the construction wall. So it's super interesting to me. Good for you. Good for you. Okay, moving to our next trailer. In fact, you, again, we were pre-gaming as I was describing the trailers we'd be talking about. And you're like, this me. That was the one about AI, right? You know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, and wasn't, was that John Hamm narrating that from, from uh, Mad Men? You know, I didn't catch that. I was, you know, you play on your phone. You're going through Twitter. You're seeing what everybody's saying about things like that. And I just saw this commercial with AI. And and I've been sending memes and jokes to my graphic design buddies forever because AI is supposedly going to take all our jobs. And But there's the common thing of like, then you'll say, you'll see the picture of an AI and it's someone's hand and it has 20 fingers shaking because they just can't get it right. And I saw that picture on the screen and I was like, what is this? Hold on. <laughs> and then they just kept going and I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. Yep. So I was uh, the whole minions being behind it all. Mm-hmm. I'm like that, that was pretty great. I actually scored that commercial pretty high. Well, and, and, but that's what's kind of intriguing about it. This was literally a commercial that ended with saying, oh, by the way, the Despicable Me trailer for Despicable Me 4 is out there. You know, I right. mean, it just, I mean, you know, the, the, you got to give universal marketing, you know, high marks for that. You know, just the whole notion of, hey, you know, we don't even need to show you the trailer. We'll just tell you the trailer's out there. But speaking of which, though, again, Despicable Me 4 arrives in theaters July 3rd of this year, and it's been a while since the last Despicable Me movie. Despicable Me 3 came out in June of 2017. Now, mind you, in the interim, two years ago, we got uh, Minions Rise of Gru in July of 2022. And since then, of course, we've gotten uh, the Minions Land uh, with the Villain Con Minion Blast attraction. Uh, that opened in August of last year. But over in Beijing, again, we were just talking about Journey of the Dragon Warrior ride. Uh, they got it an entire Minions Land and not kind of the after-the-fact retrofit that we got in Orlando. I mean, they they got, you know, for example, the Minions Coaster, the Loop-de-Doop-de, and the, the Super Swirly ride. So, and then the other... The other trailer that got a lot of notice last night was Twisters, all right, which is coming out July 19th from Universal Pictures. And I wonder, uh, you know, Eric, if this is the record for the longest distance between sequels, because the original Twister, you know, came out May of 1996. In fact, I, I when I saw that for the first time, I saw that, dear Lord, at the... Uh, what is it? A downtown Disney, the AMC there. And I, you know, I, do you remember this at, at all? The, the Helen Hunt, 
Phil, no, I know Phil of Paxson? it. I can picture the VHS tape right now. I don't know if I ever saw it, but oh, no. like, let's be real. 96, I might have okay. and just never noticed. But, I mean, obviously there's like the flying cow isn't a cow taken up. That's like the memory that I have. Well, now it's so interesting you bring that up because there was on the heels of this hugely successful film uh, an, an attraction at Universal Studios Florida, the Twister Ride It Out, and and in in your homework have you, have you ever watched this one yet? The the indoor the, where they recreated a a uh, an actual tornado inside of a building. No, but I, I'm familiar with what they replaced it with because I was a big Conan O'Brien fan. So oh. during the time, for, so I was huge into the Tiet Show, and then had that love hate relationship with them afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I was very much like, all right, when they opened it up, I'm like, they gave Conan a little nod in the queue. They did. But it's, they this did. Is, uh, yeah. This is what the Jimmy Fallon uh, ride. That yeah, and what's absolutely fascinating is if you think about it, this year we have the 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 new Ghostbusters film coming out and we also now have this Twisters sequel and what's been so funny is longtime Universal fans who of course remember uh, the Ghostbusters attraction that was in this building prior to Twister Ride It Out are now suggesting especially on the heels of Jimmy Fallon having mm -hmm. some issues slightly you know the whole nation of you know hey wouldn't it be interesting to have you guys circle back on a, a ride that you've done previously so and then um, we get to the trailer that, that seems to have had the biggest bang for the buck, and that was Wicked. Uh, and, and again, understand, this is Wicked Part 1 that arrives in theaters November 27th of, of this year. So uh, did you get to see that one? I did. This is uh, now, mind you. I'm not sure. I didn't check the ratings or, or what kind of news was. I imagine there was a lot of. Uh, football fans that were, you know, uh, Swifties, mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. I would call them. And when they saw Ariana Grande in this, they all kind of went crazy because at least that's what my 13-year-old daughter did. So I did see this and I had no idea until she says, look, and so forth. And I'm like, what is this? Um, then I recognize the soundtrack. I'm not too familiar with Wicked, but enough. Uh, so yeah, I was intrigued by this and we did see that. And then my wife was like, Thanksgiving, like that's a long time to advertise. I'm like, hey, there's only one Super Bowl. If you're going to do the Super Bowl commercial, you have to do it now, even if you're going to release in Thanksgiving. But it, I think you actually nailed in one. I mean, the notion of the number of, of young women who are probably tuning in to Super Bowl 56, uh, no, 58, uh, you know, deliberately because, you know, Taylor was there. Oh, that's genius to drop the Wicked, uh, Wicked Part 1 trailer then you know knowing that that many young women will be watching this oh we we all but i mean it's all but embraced in you know my daughter's brain and that's a movie that she's gonna drag us to the theaters to see and that's and that's kind of hard to do in this day and age because i mean this is the disney plus era you know we just saw the marvels on disney plus on february 7th we didn't see it in theaters <sighs> because guess what we yeah. said oh so like this is the notion of my daughter now mm. saying oh we want to go see this in the theater so that's kind of genius on their part and they, i'm sure it costs a lot of money oh but it was kind of genius yeah and now what's kind of interesting is you know uh universal genuinely hopes that this and it's and, and the part two which by the way we already have a release date for part two that's november 26th 2025 so they're literally one year apart but universal uh and universal wants this to be a massive hit film because well first of all this is something they own outright the 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 broadway production of wicked was actually produced by universal stage productions you know it it's theirs whole and clear that they tried it out in san francisco back in may of 2003 and the broadway run uh started in october of that same year in the gershwin theater and eric this right now is the second highest grossing Broadway musical in history. Only Disney's The Lion King has made more money. 
So, you know, the, that's insane. That's quite <laughs> impressive. I would have not guessed that. Yep. And by the way, it's worth noting that Universal has already brought Wicked into one of its theme parks. Uh, I don't know. In fact, you can actually go on YouTube right now and look at this. But if you go to uh, Universal Studios Japan, they had, uh, they, and in fact, they, they, they showed it in the Emerald Theater at that theme park. They had a cut down version of Wicked that ran in that park from July of 2006 through January of 2011. Now, mind you, it was only 35 minutes long, and I want to say the Broadway musical is two and a half hours, which, again, is one of the reasons why they they had the luxury of cutting it into two films. My understanding is when, when they're done here and, you know, when you watch Wicked back-to-back, it's going to be an over three-hour-long saga. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, that, that this is something that Universal would love to be a massive hit and would love to bring into the parks because, again, they own it. But, right. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, that, that just wanted to acknowledge it that the, uh, at the top of the show that, you know, just yesterday was the Super Bowl and Universal was a big presence. And so, uh, you know, uh, hope you folks got to see those same trailers. And speaking of you folks, before we plunge on with the rest of the show, I honestly want to thank all of you who reached out after our first episode. I, I won't lie to you, Eric and I were a little concerned about... The premise of the show, starting out, you know, the whole notion of, you know, one of the underlying themes of the show is, of course, getting the Hersey family ready for their very first trip to Universal Orlando. The longtime Disney fan going to go check out a Universal Park and, and you know, we were a little concerned. Is this going to work? Is that people are going to get behind this? And we got so many nice notes uh, you know, from folks and who you know, just love the idea and, and who are very much actually like Eric. You know, uh, what what was that phrase? Universal curious? Was right, that? Right, right. I love that. I, I love that. You know, yes, I think Royal, Royal uh, posted on, I think, the Patreon and said, perfect for an audience of universal curious. There we I go. think that was a great term. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, that's... And there was uh, several others. So I want to thank everybody else very easily. And I very easily could be crucified still. You know, the fact is I've only seen one Kung Fu Panda and I didn't watch <laughs> that, all of the Super Bowl. But that's we appreciate a- your guys' support. Oh, no, absolutely. I think, you know, just uh, again, it was it was so nice to get that sort of reaction. It was so nice to get the, the suggestions uh, so far that we've gotten, which we'll be sharing on an upcoming show. Um, but oh, all right. Now, OK, so. Yet again, we had the Super Bowl trailers, and I, I, I'm, I'm blanket. Was there something else we should be talking about here in regard Jim, to? Him? I think I think it was just a, snow, a slow news week. It just, uh, there's nothing nothing going on at all. I mean, uh, nothing came out. I think on the thirtieth, uh, nothing uh, at all. I, 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 you're right. I, I, okay, all right. I, I, we're teasing you. I know. I know. All right. I mean, <laughs> given the fact that this podcast is called the the Epic Universal Podcast. Yeah, we do have to talk about the 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 amazing giant tidal wave of info that that came out about uh, Epic the Epic Universe uh, on January thirtieth. You know, I, normally anybody else, anybody else, you know, something like this, you get a piece of concept art, maybe two. Um, so to get. That full video and all of that art. Uh, what were your thoughts? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Now, granted, this is, I mean, I really do think this, you know, I think Len put it, said it on your guys' podcast a couple weeks ago that there's only been, what, eight theme parks mm-hmm. opened in the United States. There we go. You know, since 1955, mm-hmm. right? And I counted them out. I actually wrote it down. I'm like, is that right? Mm-hmm. And so in this case, it's actually the first theme park I'm actually going to witness as a fan because, I mean, I started really the fandom in 2014, so I've never seen anything like this. I've seen opening of lands, and I've seen opening of rides and attractions, So, but this was a full-fledged land, you know, so I'm not sure what it was like when they opened, you know, Islands of Adventure or this or that, but it, from the likes of it, you're saying, you know, a couple concept arts here and so forth, but this was like, what, a seven-minute video? Oh, yeah. Flyover? Yep. Uh, all types. Now, 
one thing that I was wondering, Jim, mm-hmm. now it sounded like this was like the first time that they're announcing all of the lands. Was this all up until this point was the only land that we knew for sure that was announced was Mario and everything else was just kind of like suggested? Well, all right. Now I want to take a moment here to acknowledge and again, you know, that, that you, you, all good things, you know, come from Alicia Stella and BioReconstruct. You know, right. those two folks have been doing yeoman's work. When it comes to to Epic Universe, from again from site clearing on forward, and you know Alicia, you know the the permit princess, you know it, it's always been first with names and concepts of attractions and that sort of thing. And don't get me wrong, I you know I, I have friends at Universal Creative. I mean, but but the problem is, in order to protect folks. Uh, look, and again, uh, th- this is one of my hard and fast rules. Uh, uh, look, nobody, not, no matter how juicy a story is and, you know, how amazing a scoop is, it's never worth somebody losing their job over. And and that's the thing. Universal Creative is a teeny, tiny shop. I mean, certainly compared to, to Imagineering. Uh, though that, that's gotten kind of teeny over the past 10 years or so as well. But... But that's the thing. Alicia does it the hard way. She drills down into permits and 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 that sort of thing. So we we get all we have known a lot about this place thanks to those two. But what was interesting is to have Universal, uh, you know, itself, you know, produce the seven minute thing. And and the other thing, really, you gotta understand about Mark Woodbury is he was the head of Universal Creative four years before he then became the chairman and CEO of Universal Destinations and Experiences. So he's been on the other side of the fence. It's like, I have all of this cool art. I have all of these cool models. And and the people in the the corner office are like, I don't know, we can't talk about this yet. And so (laughs) how cool for him after all of those years of having other people sort of, you know, know, put a clamp on the fire Fire hose and say, well, you can only put out this much info and to do what they did. Just to be fair here, we spent a lot of time talking about the you know the entrance of the park and then the heart of the park. And oh, by the way, I wanted to ask, what did you think of that? You know, the notion of putting the park back in theme park. I guess in this aspect, there's a lot of greens, right? As I mean, and that's kind of where they're going with. And, you know, I saw a lot of comparison to the, you know, the unveiling of Epcot's green uh, area. And I think that is perfectly fine, uh, you know, I, from an entrance. And I think this is what I saw on a lot of YouTube. A lot of people were getting these giant, like, what do they call it? Like, it's the beam or it's Kronos. Oh, it's a... It, Kronos, it's like the, some, which I know is like the god of time or something I recall. Uh, so they were getting these beams and they're all getting these and it's a huge, and there were so many unboxing videos I've yeah. seen. I was like, that is brilliant marketing. Uh, yeah. So they this video was kind of focusing on the green area, mm-hmm. the celestial park, yep. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they're going to go further and further, which e- because even on the YouTube video, it was said the first installment. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be great because... I die for these videos. I love them. I absolutely love these unveilings. These are things that I watch Yeah, for the old parks, the old planning videos. This is stuff I love. So this seven-minute video was like heaven for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but uh, you know, in the quick fly-throughs, that sort of thing, any, any one particular land or aspect of the park? You're intrigued by, or? Oh, I'm, I'm super intrigued by the classic monsters. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you that. I mean, granted, love Mario. Uh, and, and love everything about some of these other aspects, but I super in, in thrilled by the classic monsters. I I don't know what about it. I mean, my favorite attraction in general is Haunted Mansion, so it just I like the creepy, eerie stuff. Oh. But you know, I just I just kind of like the the thought of vampires and and Wolfman and you know creature from the Black Lagoon. So I'm excited about that aspect. But this overall park looks real. It just it looks different. Mm-hmm. It feels different. Overall, I'm very excited to see how this comes about and to get, you know, these seven minute YouTube videos talking more and more and more about it to the point by the time they open, Mm -hmm. you're going to know enough about it. You're going to be really jazzed up. The marketing has really got you pumped. People like myself are thinking like right now, all right, when can we buy tickets? You know, when can I stay in the giant? What is it? The Helios? tower mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now uh what's kind of intriguing uh again the the two moderate hotels at the edge of prop 
property, and I'm blanking their names. I, I want to say one is the Selenova. Now, what, what's kind of interesting, and there's a lot of people who are sort of reading the tea leaves here, uh, those two hotels, you can book rooms now. You know, I want to say one is opening in January of 2025, and the other is opening in uh, the following month. And, and there are a number of folks who are suggesting, you know, uh, you know if you think about you get them open uh, for a couple of weeks so the staff gets, you know, gets mm -hmm. prepped. Uh, but that kind of insinuates that the park will at least begin soft opening uh, February, March. So uh, we, we, we may have to talk about some travel plans here. And, right. and speaking of travel plans, if we're going to be traveling, we'll want to take advantage of the nice folks at Touring Plans. And by the way, the Epic Universal podcast is brought to you by Touring Plans. Uh, Touring Plans helps you save time and money at theme parks like Walt Disney World. So go, please go check them out at touringplans.com. All right. So let's see. I think it, it might now be time to, and in fact, I, I, I love that so many people responded to the segment and, and really enjoyed it. The, the, and again, this is, this is your baby, Eric. So news or not. So you know, why don't we start to dig through the pile here? Sure, sure. Well, the, this week, Jim, you and I put our heads together. I have some stories uh, throughout. You know, we're taken since our last episode from last month. So there's some stories that are towards the end of January, and we have some more recent one here. But really, at the end of the day, I pull it up and I say to myself, is this something that we should worry about or not? So we're going to pull some information here. So first things first, I've heard a million different things. Uh, I've heard about the wand experiences at Universal. I don't know much about it. But it sounds to me like Orlando Park Stop released a story on the 24th that is talking about updated Harry Potter wand experiences coming. So my first question, mm -hmm. what exactly are these? I know of, you know, you go and you get your wand and you customize and so forth. But what kind of, what are these things? It just, is it kind of like... Um, well, the card game at the Magic Kingdom when you used to go and, and show your card and fight things, or is actually, it actually yes, that, that that's a very apt parallel, you know? Because remember, what was interesting about the the card game at Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom right. was it would make use of underutilized corners of the kingdom. You know, there would be windows and storefronts or, you know, places between buildings where, you know, you could go and do battle with Hades or, or whatever. And what's, what was intriguing about, now remember, they had, when the, when the Wizarding World first opened in, in 2010, one of the things that people kind of lost their minds over was Ollivander's. And, and the thing of it was is that it was this teeny, tiny, intimate experience. That, that they, they, I, and again, I, I know you haven't seen a lot of the Harry Potter movies, but there's... I've seen the first one. Okay, yeah, so I'm, you you know the... You remember the Ollivander scene where... I do, where, I do. Yes. Where the wand chose Harry, and you had right. that amazing effect with the lights and the, you know, the, the wind blowing up his hair and right. that sort of thing. They do that. Oh, in my. real life. I mean, in fact, it, it, I, I, I cannot sell this more strongly. It is one of the most magical thing, literally, I've ever experienced in a theme park. They take, I want to say it's a smaller group. It might be 18. It might be as many as 24. But, you know, they take you into this tiny little room that is wands going up like 15, you know, uh, you know, little racks of wands around you. And you have, you know, this this wizard that is, oh, you know, muggles, you know, it just sort of like mm -hmm. you know, going through the motions until he he pauses and it's like, they always pick like one child out of the group, and he suddenly like he he just zeroes in on that you come here, you know he senses something special out of the child, and he begins to select the wand for them, and so you know he, he you know pulls a, you know, reaches up for a high shelf and pulls out a wand and explains that it you know got a unicorn feather in its core and that sort of thing, and gives it the child to use, and the the child does a spell and it, it goes horribly wrong, and it's like okay not that one, hang on. Give me your, your and, and they do this twice, and then finally, 
they they you know they, he hands the child the wand and they get the Harry Potter moment that the, the music rises up the light again again you're in the room I've been in the room I still don't know how they do the lighting I still don't know how they do the wind effect but you see it, this child just sort of swept up in the magic and then it's like oh well okay that you know I'm so happy to have done this and that that enhance them their wand now mind you they hand them the wand and then discreetly tell the parents oh by the way that that's going to be forty bucks you know. Right. You know, <laughs> and you got to go out and buy it. Uh, but uh, this became the premier experience, and uh, and people would line up outside for hours, standing in the blazing Central Florida sun, to get the chance to do this. Which is why brilliant move when they opened uh, Diagon Alley. They created yet another Ollivanders. Only over there, it's kind of like the Meet Mickey thing, where if you're you, okay. if yep. you're not paying attention, it's like there's actually three of them here. You know, but we're, you know, every one of us thinks we're having the solo experience. And, you know, and that took a lot of the heat uh, off of the one over in Hogsmeade Village. But um, but right after that, they introduced these interactive wands. And and again, circling back to what they did with Sorcerers uh, of the Magic Kingdom. They would put things in storefront windows or in corners, and you know there'd be a brass marker on the ground, and so you know you'd stand there with your your interactive wand, and you'd stand on the brass marker, and you would have an actual map, and that would show you, the would tell you the spell and the gesture you're supposed to make with your hand, and you would see things come to life in the windows and you know and, and the the other thing that's absolutely fascinating about this and I think as somebody as who you know loves theme park history as much as you do it was like creating a new attraction in the land right because of the number of people who would queue up to do this you 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 know I want to say there were 12 of them uh, over at Hogsmeade, and it, I want to say an additional 10 at Diagon Alley. And when you figure you have that many people standing at 24 different places waiting for their chance to do it, it's literally like you created another ride. So I, I guess what's interesting about this is the notion of, okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean... You know, you're creating a new set of wands and, you know, because, again, the language here is updated Harry Potter wand yeah. experiences. So are we creating new vignettes uh, and are these all going to be like the previous ones in in windows and storefronts or are, are there going to be other opportunities? And if so, where? Uh, you know, very, very much looking forward to uh, what goes on here. Right, right. And I could see that if it's a new wand, I mean, I know how it goes with magic bands that you have yourself a, a nice brand new magic band yeah. buy that and then they come out with a new version and then the entire family wants these new versions. So that way they can play with the 50th statue. So I mean, there's a good line item there mm -hmm. that if it's $40, maybe these are 60 70 $80. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I can see between just the, you know, notion. So this could be a win win. So you think that's that's some actual news that we oh, have? No, here? That, that's actual news. And I just apologize to all of the parents out there who, you know, as you just mentioned, you know, that the trip to Universal got that more expensive, though. I And uh, also our next news item, they're going to have a new place they can go to buy these wands, right? Yeah, you know, and this one's a difficult one because there's some names in here that mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> So I always cue myself up here, uh, mm -hmm. but there's a mischief managed, a limited time Harry Potter pop-up shop appears at Universal City Walk. Mm -hmm. So not super familiar at all, but I'm like, all right, this is a question to ask for Jim. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mia Fora Mina in Eduardo Lima. Oh. If, what do you say? Well, right, no, no, wrong? no. First, no, you, know? you, you did great. And more to the point, uh, I love these people. They're the ones okay. who created basically the graphic look of the Harry Potter films. I mean, for example, you know, oh, okay. you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, whether it's handbills or, you know, the, 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 you know, the wanted poster for Sirius Black or oh, that yeah. sort of thing. They're the ones who did it. They, they, they gave it that wonderful okay. off kilter, you know, old style printing look. And so, uh, you know, and they've when they've previously done 
uh, Potter fan events, Potter weekends at the parks. These two have been there and lovely people who do great work. And so the fact that they're, they're getting their own pop-up store, this is this is news. I you know, the, the downside is, again, okay. you're going to walk in and if you're a Potter fan, you're going to walk out much poorer, but you're going to have an amazing pieces of art and some very cool books and all that sort of stuff. But no, this is news. This is definitely news. So... All right. See, I would have put that one. I, I was like, yeah, it's a throwaway. I don't even know what this is, but this is where it comes in handy. Like, this is something super exciting. Uh, just from you talking about it makes me feel like, all right, so this is like a Momente More. There we go. You know, there we go. Because that's a shop that I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's a throwaway for somebody that it's not in the know. So that's, that's quite go. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very exciting. So this next one. I know got me kind of excited. I know it would get my brother and his his wife super excited because they're big Zelda fans. So there's a long rumored Zelda world, Universal Studios. Uh, it seems to be, it's not a sure thing, but I guess there was a video that was produced and then deleted. And uh, I get this off gamesradar.com, but essentially they're talking about a Zelda land. So Jim, what do you know about a Zelda land? Rumors about a Zelda land? Is there... Anything has this been talked about before? But I know there's a lot of Zelda fans out there, and they're leaning heavily into Nintendo. What do we think? Well, all right. Uh, here's the thing. Um, look, we know that there's a Donkey, you know, Donkey Kong, you know, land coming uh, to right. Universal Hollywood. Uh, we know, you know, something similar for Japan. We certainly know that su- the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, was hugely successful for Universal last year, and there is a sequel being prepped. Universal is definitely leaning into Nintendo. The, the problem here is that if we're talking stateside, where would this go? You know, it, it's a it's an interesting question for Orlando. It's an interesting question for Hollywood. Uh, and when I reached out to friends at Universal Creative, they're like, you know, look, you know, in 10 years. Sure. <laughs> All right. Right now. You know, it, it's just when you look at how full what's going on at, at, at Universal now. Think about it. You got Vegas. You got, you know, the, the, the thing in Frisco, Texas. You got the, the UK thing we were just talking about. You have, of course, Epic Universe in Florida. Now, mind you, you do also have Comcast, which flat out says we love the theme park business. We are we're aggressively, you know, investing in this. Um, so do I expect to see Zelda show up at the Universal Parks? Absolutely. Anytime soon? No. So we're thinking maybe Zelda's a, I, I, a rumor. I, no, well, I mean, I just, I, I would, I, I would argue that it's come up enough time, and it's the word has come out from people who are in the know uh, that again, it, it's it's kind of a gimme, but it's not an immediate gimme, you know. And right, let's uh, get it. Let's get the theme park open first, right? There we go. There <laughs> we go. So. Hey Jim, would you do you think you would um, get a monster makeover at Universal Studios, Florida? Because that's kind of what they're doing now. To say a monster transformation, it's almost like a face paint uh, situation's going on. I have an article here from the Orlando Informer that gave us a nice review uh, of the monster makeover. Have you seen that? You know, I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I'm halfway there anyway. Well, you know, I did. You it's, charge yourself $60. There we go. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it, 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 don't get me wrong. You know, I, I that sounds like a lovely idea, especially uh, in, in that time between August and November when they do Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, right. You know, uh, well, again, I, I'm happy that somebody who who studied makeup now has a paying gig uh but uh, on the other hand do i want to do this no again i'm I'm ugly enough as is we do we can move on so um yeah i would say i mean it looks to me like it'd be fun for for my six seven year old i don't know if i could deal with it i see a lot of those shops and i'm thinking to myself you know we once did a henna tattoo for my daughter and she immediately wanted to go swimming afterwards. And I'm like, do you understand this, how this works? We spend all this money and now it's gone. So I don't know. I don't know. But that is happening for those out there, okay. uh, out and about. Mm-hmm. Jim, I'll let you pick the next story. Pick, pick one, pick a juicy one. Well, I, you know, um, 
this kind of breaks my heart uh, because I'm I, I I'm such a Simpson fan and I so enjoy the Simpsons ride. In fact, again, if this is true that about Simpsons, you know, potentially shutting down early at the Universal Parks again because of of Disney. Well, first of all, again, Eric, we'll need to get to you to this ride immediately because right, I'm yeah, uh, it, 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 I'm on my way now. <laughs> you know, the, the epic, uh, you know, the 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 Universal's Simpsons ride is an equal opportunity offender. It, it it makes fun of SeaWorld. It makes fun of Disney. It makes fun of, uh, you know, uh, Universal, of course. In fact, uh, the, the thing I think you would love uh, the most about uh, the, the Simpsons ride, and again, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos. At one point, uh, Marge and Homer are on the Captain Dinosaur ride, which is basically Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean only with dinosaurs. <laughs> Uh, dressed up as pirates, mind you. But the the thing of it is, it's put together by somebody who clearly loves the pirate ride because it's Marge and, and Homer going backwards through the attraction. So if you're paying attention, it's like, I know this room and the ride. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, I, no, it, it it is so fun. It is so smart. It is, you know, and if you know the show at all, it has so many lovely nods to the show and I will just be sad to see it go. But again, I was also sad to see the, the back to the future ride, which I, I love star tours, but I would argue the original back to the future, uh, especially since it kept putting you in smaller and smaller groups of people until when you, there were only eight of you getting on the DeLorean, you know, it, it was such an intimate experience and then on an epic scale. So, yeah, I, I don't get me wrong. I have a daughter who uh, who loves Pokemon. And in fact, you know, I, I remember to this day when when she was, you know, uh, she her mother and I had split and Alice was living in Hawaii with her mom. And I would get on the phone every night at 11 o'clock to talk with my daughter. And she was into Pokemon and I had to study Pokemon like the periodic table, you know, so I would be able to talk with Alice. So it's like, well, yes, Charmander, who turns into Charizard, you know, who, you know, just get right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So I'm in that boat right now, Jim. There we go. 17 year old loves it. And, uh, and my seven year old, he's all about it. So they, they're all also ultimately trading cards as we speak. And, telling one not to rip off the other one it's uh, it's quite amazing and i mean i miss that but uh okay you know at this point in time so that is the rumor that, that, that they're saying that well now think know, about Pokemon it Pokemon is going to replace you know I, I, I think about it we just had in, in the past five years so we had pokemon go so imagine right. going to a theme park where you whip out your phone and there are there are pokemon that only exist at that theme park and and more to the point that ride system that powered Back to the Future of the Ride, that powered The Simpsons, it's a really sturdy, uh, you know, system. And so, you know, the notion of, you know, using that to take people into the world of Pokemon, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a brilliant idea. That'll, that'll get us to buy tickets tomorrow i'll just <laughs> okay. tell you that that is okay so that is the situation there. so but again long story short it would make me sad to see it happen but 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 again if we can get you in there before it closes and take you to moe's and 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 get you a flaming mo you know i mean it, 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 or, right. or, or or take you uh over to the crusty burger and get you a clogger uh you know just uh, again i will be happy if we, we can get you in there before it closes because it they did a beautiful job recreating the world of the Simpsons and I will be sorry to see it go. So Jim, I think, uh, I think we probably should do at least one more and I think it's universal studios, Hollywood to celebrate the one year anniversary of super Nintendo world. Yes. Now, have you seen this? I, I, well, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by, uh, two aspects of this. I mean, first of all, we have some special one year anniversary stuff. For example, a power up band. Is that correct? Um, right. And, and tell you the truth, 
up until now i was just pulling up the the, the sites here and going over it one once before we uh pulled up i wasn't even aware what this power band was and i started watching the video and i got super impressed and intrigued because the whole notion of jumping around and earning coins like you were mario yep. i'm like oh man this mm -hmm. is fantastic so that got me really excited so i just learned that what this power up band was so mm -hmm. there is aspect there but it looks like there's some other anniversary kind of items well, the other thing I think that they're doing that's brilliant, uh, you know, at least out uh, in Hollywood, is the notion of, I mean, face it, the Super Nintendo world is a, on the bottom, uh, you know, uh, the, the lower lot. And, okay. you know, as people are coming back up, you know, at the end of the day, and it's like, oh, I really had fun there, and I, I wish I'd gotten food or got that sort of thing. And we now have... What is it? The Power Up Cafe, right? Uh, on right. Universal Plaza. Either on your way down, you can get a treat before you get on the, you know, the 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 the, the Starcade. I want to say the the, uh, the 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 world's longest uh, escalator to take you down to the lower lot, or it, on your way out, if you want a treat, uh, you can bop in there and get that. So I, I think that's a smart move on their part, and more to the point. Um, you know, given how hugely successful, uh, you know, Super Nintendo World has been for Hollywood, I, I think it makes sense, you know, that, that they lean into the anniversary and, and, you know, celebrate it. And more to the point, I would imagine a lot of folks who've had fun there over the past year will want some of this limited edition merch. So kind of a win-win. All right. Well, okay. So now we have talked, uh, touch on the topic of uh, Nintendo and Super Mario. And after the break... Eric and I are going to talk a bit about the history of Nintendo and how they ended up in the universal theme parks around the globe. But first, this. And we're back. And, you know, Jim, I was actually stumbling around online. There's this website that I know of. It's called JimHillMedia.com. You ever hear uh, of it? Don't listen to that guy. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. So, so what I was looking for. And I was kind of surprised because I actually looked on YouTube and all over the place. I was like, all right, so how did Nintendo actually get with Universal? And I was really surprised. There was not a ton of information out there on this, but I did find uh, an article back in 2015 that was talking about um, kind of the expansion. And it was to, to create the world's first ever theme park attraction based on Nintendo's beloved games and characters. So this was May 7, 2015. And essentially, it was a suppress release uh, talking about coming out of Japan and Orlando, talking about them getting together. So my my whole thought process, okay, so they're just talking about it then. When did it actually happen? And it looks like in November of 2016, uh, that wonderful website again released Universal Parks and Resorts and Nintendo will bring the fun of Nintendo to life with expansive, highly themed environment uh, at Osaka and Orlando and Hollywood. So this is the actual announcement. It wasn't just a thought. So my whole thought process here was, Jim, I wasn't paying attention in 2015-16. How did this all come about? You know, essentially, you were the one that was right in the thick of things covering all this. What do you remember from 2015, 2016, and, and how did Nintendo and Universal make this deal? Well, you know, what's kind of intriguing about this is a lot of what drove, you know, these two uh, companies together uh, was what we were talking about on the, the, the first half of today's show, the, the, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, that, you know, the uh, Universal had discovered uh much to its delight that you know i mean it, don't get me wrong uh, creating an immersive version of the harry potter world one that, that and let's be clear here one that specifically embraces the look of the films that warner brothers had produced and and that meant for example involving stuart craig who was a production designer for the films and you know having a guy who was used to building you know uh, you know only the parts of the set that the camera saw and the notion of well what is the what's behind me or what's the roof look like or what's the ceiling and and understanding how ridiculously expensive that was. But at the same time, when you built places like the Three Broomsticks or the Hogheads Tavern, and you had people standing in three-hour-long lines for butterbeer, it's like, okay, all right, 
I, I get this. This is something, you know, let's let's find another potter. And and let's face it, when you if you're somebody who's been paying attention in, in entertainment and looked at how much of discretionary entertainment spending is now being spent on gaming versus say tele you know, or movies or television or or even streaming, it's kind of a no brainer. It's like, okay, you know, they they love Mario. They love Zelda. They love Pokemon. We should be in this space. And so that, now mind you, now you have to understand that this is 2015, 2016, you're having these conversations. And what was lucky for for Universal uh, was in this same window of time is when uh, Universal Japan's version of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter was opening. So you could, you know, you could take the Nintendo executives and it's like, okay, picture this, but with Mario. You know, and it's like, oh, 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 okay. Right. All right. I get that. All right. You know, you, it wasn't necessarily all that hard to sell. And more to the point, they could also open the books and show them how well they were doing. And also remember, you know, very, very deep down in these press releases, you'd read things to the effect of, oh, yeah, and we're going to try to make some movies. And so, you know, and we finally saw the first of those oh, films yeah. last year. And it did land off its business. But, um, yeah, now, I, I, I won't lie. Universal Creative was challenged trying to figure out how to translate Nintendo games into theme park spaces. Because they are just so crazy vivid but they are also so crazy stylized and uh, you know the fans of this world of these games they have things they want to see they have things they want to experience and um it took a while to to sort of break the back of well how do we what ride system will allow us to replicate that game experience. And so again, there's a reason it took us from 2000, you know, announcement in 2015, you know, a, a sort of a formal announcement in 2016. And then, well, geez, you know, the, the, the poor folks at Universal Studios Japan, uh, you know, they were supposed to open and then COVID happened in, in 2020 and, and that got delayed for a bit. Uh, but here we are today with with a a, a successful thing. And um, but by the way, I, I I just want to throw this out there because there's always been the story about Disney. Uh, Disney didn't have a response to to Harry Potter. You know, in fact, they they let it get away. They they had the first shot at doing it at a theme park and. They blew, you know, their negotiation with JK and, and then Universal came in. And then, you know, here's, you know, the first Wizarding World opens in June of 2010 and Disney has nothing to respond. And that's why they turned around and bought Lucasfilm. That it's like, how do we respond to this? It's like, okay, well, the only other franchise that's out there, film franchise that's as strong and has a vivid world and lots of characters... Uh, is um, is Star Wars? So you buy a Lucasfilm and you bring them into a theme park, and but now the entire themed entertainment industry, when they saw this deal go down, you know, especially after uh, Disney had bought Lucas, and it's like, boy, Galaxy's Edge had better be huge because, you know, how are they going to respond to when Universal starts opening Nintendo themed lands? And this past week, and I, I apologize, I'm, I'm blanking the, 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 the name of the individual who reached out through social media who shared this insight with me, but think about it. Just last week, you know, with the earnings call, we learned that, uh, you know, the Walt Disney Company has, you know, bought a $1.5 billion share in Epic Games. Do you, do you do you know what Epic Games is involved in? Uh, well, yeah, I, I personally do because I've spent a lot of money on V Bucks uh, for my son over the years. This is the creator of what Fortnite. There we go. All right. So if in fact 
You have a Disney company that's sort of staring down the barrel of, well, how do we respond to, you know, Nintendo properties popping up in the Universal Parks? And, and the fact that we have families, you know, I mean, parents who gamed, who now have kids, who and they game with their kids. They play the, the Mario games. And it's like, how do you respond to that? And the notion that Fortnite can... Now, I, I have to ask, you know, knowing this, you know, again, you know, what, you, what you've done with your son and that sort of thing, is there, you know, could you see them being turned, that experience being translated oh. to a theme park? I could see it being a theme park, possibly. I mean, it's a game with guns, so it's pretty mm -hmm. far-fetched from what we would see typically with mm -hmm. Disney. I mean, there's, there's opportunities there. I was thinking... Mm -hmm. Truth be told, the yeah. whole Mario acquisition mm -hmm. for Universal mm -hmm. is going to be a huge game changer. Mm -hmm. And there's multiple reasons. Number one, I have a couple family members that have n want nothing to do with theme parks whatsoever. Mm -hmm. When they heard I was going to Disneyland, they were like, are you going to Super Mario Land? It, they, they were willing to go with us just to go to Mario. Wow. There's people, they're willing to go to Mario. And this is the thing, Jim. Mm -hmm. Right now, if you ask me, Mario or Mickey Mouse? Mm -hmm. Now, you know I love myself some Disney, and I wear Mickey Mouse all the time. But I spent way more time with Mario through my years than I ever did with Mickey Mouse. And I think we might not know Mario as that voice and so forth. We didn't maybe watch as many cartoons or so forth. But we played hours and hours and hours. And we're all now with, you know, taking our kids. And our kids have been playing because the Wii came out in 2006, and since that period of time, there's been lots of, you know, Mario Kart, all these games. Mario is going to be a game changer for them in many aspects. And I'm sorry, the Fortnite craze has been around for a while. It just can't compete, in my opinion. It's going to be really difficult to say, hey, we're going to have some type of Fortnite. I'm not sure what property Disney could get a hold of right now to compete against what I think Mario is going to do. I, I have to tell you, you know, I, I hear the exact same thing from a lot of themed entertainment professionals. Now, mind you, these these very same people talk about some of the Nintendo properties just do not lend themselves to theme park being translated into a themed experience, something that you can put 2,400 right. people through an hour. But at the same time, that's not saying that there isn't technology coming over the hill that could potentially make this possible. <laughs> it's always fascinating to have friends who go to uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas strictly, you know, because they're looking for things that they could potentially use in a theme park attraction. You know, they will literally walk the floor and look at every new gizmo and it just sort of like, oh, that I can use. There are advances being made in technology every day. And in fact, you know, think about what we just talked about at the top of our news segment this week, you know, the, the enhanced, uh, the expanded wand experience coming to the Universal Parks. I guess the upside of it is, is that given the $60 billion that Disney has supposedly pledged to upgrading parks and adding capacity and this sort of thing, and the fact that they are reacting the way they are to Universal, I mean, we're all going to win this. Absolutely. Well, Jim, you, I saw something. This might be cutting because it was just released today, and I'm not sure if you saw this. Did you okay. see some of the the Universal tweets that were going out that had it the their globe and so forth pixelated, and then it would come into vision? Oh, no. Okay. Did you, so I didn't think anything of it, and yeah. then I saw someone on Twitter say, if this is Minecraft, that's a one-two punch. Oh. And I'll tell you what, right now, Pokemon, Mario, Minecraft, I'm not sure if, if that's the case. Man, this is going to be really exciting uh, for everyone that loves themed entertainment because this is going to be a battle like no other. Well, okay. I, 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 well, all right. Let's send folks out the door looking for those images then. So... Um, all right. Now, again, folks, just want to thank so many of you who reached out and, and said how much you enjoyed having the show back and particularly this take on, on this. 
And uh, and again, before we head out the door, I just want to share a, you know a, a few nice things that folks said. We of course we mentioned Royal Robinson at the top of the show, uh, who said love this new podcast and great podcast here, perfect for the uh, for the universal curious. And again, uh, we have Allison F. and who said this is awesome. My my situation is similar to Eric. I'm a huge Disney fan, over forty trips in my thirty six years, uh, and I've only spent two days at Universal, and I only went because it was forced upon me. <laughs> during two high school marching band trips. Normally have no interest in Universal, but ever since hearing about Epic Universe, I'm very curious, so I uh, can't wait to hear everyone's advice, and we will be sharing that soon. But, but uh, Eric, uh, looking back now, uh, let's talk about that first show. The uh, the first show, it was it was scary at first because I was really sure I, I was like, ah, these people are going to attack me because even even things I say today is like I've only seen one Harry Potter. I've only seen <laughs> so forth. So I do want to ask everyone's opinion here. This is the thing is uh, I, and I don't know if I shared this, but when before we went to uh, Disney and back in 2014 or so, I watched every single animated movie with the kids. It was just like, we're going to watch them all. I'm gonna f I found them from a library, found all types. So if I was going to start watching Universal films right now what should i start with what should be the order should it be harry potter should i complete that series should we go after the minions i mean we got a lot to choose from here so hit me up on twitter and let me know if you know up until the next show and i will watch whatever you guys send if, if, if it universally comes through and says everybody i need to watch all the jaws movies i will shake my fist in anger at you guys because i'm terrified of them but uh, i will watch them so give me your suggestions what should i be watching wow that's interesting uh, but again folks we would love to hear from you about the show uh what you want to hear about the parks uh and anything else universal related i mean that that's why we talked about the trailers at the top of the show anyway i again eric i i'm sorry i derailed you there we we're asking where we could find you online yeah just eric kersey on twitter or instagram e-r-i-c-h-e-r-s-e-y -E -E mm -hmm. and where can we find you jim uh let's see i am on twitter or x whichever you prefer and facebook as uh, Jim Hill Media, and I want to say Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. Uh, but if you really, really, really want to get a hold of me, I guess that's Jim at JimHillMedia.com. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, oh uh, also, uh, you know, it would also really help us out here, folks, if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Uh, we want you know, to find some more universal fans and, uh, <laughs> you know, and as, as Mr. Hersey keeps telling me, cracking that algorithm is the best way to grow the show. And, and as somebody who failed, I, I, I took algebra two twice. So technically I took algebra four, uh, algorithms scare me. So, but <laughs> anyway, all right, Jim, this has been a great time and I say, let's do it again. I agree. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, folks, and we will see you on the next show.